Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Dave, we are back on the boiling point, and I'm introducing this again because I am so stoked with how many kick-ass people I was able to meet last week when I was in California. Or a couple weeks now. Couple oh, yeah. Couple weeks ago now. Um, so... Because <laughs> we're, we're now into... We're, what, we're in July, I think. Something like that. Yeah. So, so, so uh, Derek, just so you know, um, we pretend that this is actually a live broadcast, so that's why we're talking like uh, like it was actually uh, two weeks ago that we're in California. Derek from Volcom is, uh, is, is on the line. Derek, welcome to The Boiling Point, man. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Happy to be here. Yeah, and uh, okay, just for a little bit of context, uh, Dave, I saw I saw Derek on a panel at Sustainable Brands, mm-hmm. and uh, and he works with uh, with Volcom, which is the the well, I I want to explain it right, Derek, because it's it's a brand that I've uh, that I've loved for so long, clothing brand, lifestyle brand, everything from there's entertainment, there's music. It is an incredible brand, and Derek takes care of all the sustainability efforts of this uh, of this incredible company that is so ingrained in surf and skate culture and and uh, and everything like that. So, Derek, why don't you give us a quick introduction about who you are and who Vol- Volcom is, and then we'll uh, we'll get into it. Um, well, no, I am. Uh, I work at Volcom, and Volcom is a uh, a lifestyle brand. We're based here in Costa Mesa, California. Um, our motto is true to this so we cater to the action sports um sector focusing specifically on surfing skateboarding snowboarding our brand was founded on those uh, three sports as well as music and art and i have the lucky lucky privilege of being the vice president of global sustainability so uh, interacting with as many parts of the brand as possible um, in regards to our environmental footprint and um, interacting between our parent company which is caring and they're based in Paris, France. And Caring is one is one of those like Uber global brands, isn't it? As well, they've got brands like Gucci and and others. Is that is that right? Am I getting that right about Caring? Yeah, they're uh, world class. So Gucci, Saint Laurent, Stella McCartney, Alexander McQueen, and then on the sports and lifestyle side, there's Puma, ourselves, um, uh, Electric, as well. So there's some there's some great brands, and it's it's an amazing group to be a part of. We're, we're really fortunate. And uh, doing a little bit of research, uh, Derek, uh, it mentioned in, in the in, in the buyout from uh, from Carrick that it was a very friendly takeover, and I loved how how it was positioned that way. That like, clearly this was a partnership that that made a lot of sense. I think I think it did. You know, and um, when we when I first learned about it about the takeover, it was it was funny because I recently had my my title or, or my position as just our dedicated sustainability uh, person here at the company and. I mean, I think it was within within a year, and then we get this news that Caring is acquiring us, and I think my first thought was, oh, no, because I didn't know anything about them. And when they, um, and then the more I learned that they had such a great sustainability program, um, a commitment, a great team in place, I mean, I was kind of swooped up into the into the fold there, and, and within months was out in Paris um, working on strategy with them and talking about what we could do, what we couldn't, where we were, how far along we were. So um, it was. A, I, I feel really uh, fortunate to have been in the, you know, to have been along for the ride because it's um, they've, they've been a lot of support to us. 
So, and, and I was noticing that, so Volcom, for the people who don't know, has been around, I believe, since like 91. Is that, is that right? That's right, 1991. And I, uh, I came on board in about 1996. Okay, so, uh, I was going to ask that. So you, wow, so you, yeah. you, you and, and what, like, what would, in what capacity did you originally uh, join Volcom? Oh, my gosh. Answering the phones for free. Really? I was, uh, I was basically... Yeah, I was basically an intern. It was just a summer gig. I was just filling in for somebody, yeah. and who um, was sick. And it was the summertime. I had just finished uh, my my college, uh, my first degree, and I was looking for something to do during the summer. And uh, and there you go. And I landed and just sort of my worked my way through, and just really you know kind of fell in love with the people here and the company and the culture, and just decided, hey, this is this is a place I'm going to pursue a career here. And year after year, they just uh, kept giving me such great opportunities. So what, and well, so that's really interesting. So what, like, I'd love to hear a little bit about the kind of the evolution of Volcom and like, um, I mean, it sounds like you're, you know, you're really connected to, you know, you must have seen massive change over, well, how many years are we talking? Like that's 20 years, right? Yeah, almost 20. So it's 19 and um, it, it, there's been a lot of change because I watched the company go from a small sort of startup company yeah. to being a public company. We yeah. were a publicly traded company on NASDAQ for a while, so going through that transition yeah. and that change. There's been culture change kind of at every stage, and then going through that and then coming to the acquisition by Caring, and then um, watching us also try to adopt a sustainability program and build a sustainability program along the way. So kind of from all those angles, um, and I've been in different departments. You know, I've worked in product and merchandising, planning and sort of on the finance and planning side and then sustainability. So I really had an opportunity to, to see a, a lot of the, the workings of the company and connect with a lot of people here and just, and now my role is, you know, to ingrain sustainability into the company is um, it's, it's benefited me having been here so long, knowing all the players and knowing how the, how the mechanics of the company and the brand and the operations work. So, and I want to hear a little, I mean, obviously a lot more about the sustainability piece. Um, I'm curious though, like from your perspective, uh, what, I mean, you're, sounds like you're, you're, you you have a strong connection to the company and yet, and it's gone, gone through all these kind of, you know, these, the chapters of this company and over the last 20 years, or I guess coming up in 20 years, but what's been consistent for you in terms of like, what's grounded you and, and, and helped you kind of decide like, this is a place I want to continue to be, you know, even through the acquisition, the IPO, all that kind of thing. You know what? I think it's, um, it's been renewed opportunities. And they've given me, um, I've always had a lot of autonomy here. I've uh, had, you know, we've got a great leadership team, um, but I've had, uh, there's been an entrepreneurial spirit here that's allowed me to sort of tackle these projects, um, do them for three, four, five years. And right when you get to that point where you're sort of thinking, okay, what's, you know, what's next for me? Then a new opportunity comes up at Volcom. And there's um, so much growth and so much change and so much commitment now to, to building a sustainability program. Um, I had the opportunity to go back to school and get my a graduate degree. So there's always these new opportunities, and it's always evolving and changing, and, and it, it stays exciting, you know. So um, that's what's, uh, I think that's what's kept me grounded here um, and so excited about being a part of the brand. Well, and, of cool. course, the lifestyle, you know, the lifestyle of the brand and the culture here. Yeah, I'm mean, like, you're, you're hanging out with pro surfers and skaters and snow. Like, it's it really... Your your company is <laughs> you're selling everything that I that are, are my passions. I surf, I snowboard, I ski, I skateboard. Yeah. So clearly, I was one of the guys in the audience that was completely stoked to to, to hear hear you speak. But, but they're missing 
you know, a connection to hockey, which is another one of your passions. Yeah, I'm a huge hockey uh, player, um, uh, Derek. I, I know how to put the puck in uh, in the net really well. Dave's actually throwing me under the bus because I'm not a hockey player or fan, uh, believe it or not. For some reason, he thinks that's crazy as a Canadian. As a Canadian, come on. Unreal. As you can see, I just went silent. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not. Okay, well, you know what, Derek? I. I'm I'm gonna test you on something then, just to, uh, just to see if I've got a, if I've got a, 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 a you know someone who I said, where am I going when I visit Chicago in July third, fourth, and fifth this year? The Blackhawks aren't playing. Sears Tower. I'm gonna see the last three Grateful Dead shows. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, so this right. is when it comes to Dave and I, he throws me under the bus with uh, hockey. I throw him under the bus with Grateful Dead. Just as a quick little aside. Yeah. There we go. So, listen, going back to the sustainability part, I've got two, two questions I want to ask. One is for a massive um, company like, like Volcom, how does sustainability uh, integrate? Like, I always wonder are the sustainability teams kind of siloed or is it integrated in the DNA of a company like Volcom? That's question number one. Question number two, how does sustainability work in cl- a clothing company? You know, because I know we're talking about supply chain and uh, there's, there's so many different elements of sustainability in the type of business you're in. So yeah, if you don't mind uh, touching on both of those, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Well, I think from the ingraining side, I mean, I think one, you know, my role is one, it's, it's built into the mission statement. So that, that doesn't mean it, it's accomplished or that um, we've, we've achieved everything we want to, but it's built into the mission statement. I report directly to the CEO of the company. And, you know, I think just having sustainability as a part of the conversation and so much that we do, um, you know, I always laugh when I'm at the, the Vulcan Pipe Pro in Hawaii, you know, we're at the house, we're in the, we're in the booth during the contest and, and I'm in the booth commentating next to Jerry Lopez or Alex Gray or Joe Chappelle, and I'm just freaking out going, what is the sustainability guy doing here looking out at Pipeline, hanging with Dave Wassel and Alex Gray and talking about sustainability at a, <laughs> at a world-class event? Awesome. So, you know, I think that that's a part of it. That's how we're doing it. Um, and then, I, like I said, I work kind of going to the product. Um, I'll work with the product teams. I'll work with all the management here, but we'll also work on retail or operations um, and just sort of um, – dialogue and making sure everybody understands what we're doing. But being an apparel company, there's, there is, there's so much that we're focusing on and looking at, um, whether it's fiber sourcing or processes or compliance, you know, we're a, we're a fair labor association member. So we've got a team that handles all of our factory audits and the social side of things and the chemicals, uh, testing. And then my role is kind of the anything above and beyond outside of that, especially regards to environmental impact. So it's a constant daily, um, I guess, grind because the seasons are constantly changing. Your team is challenged with designing great products that's going to sell at a certain price, be delivered on time, and you're trying to build, you know, initiatives into a supply chain that is really, really complex and moving really rapidly. So um, that's what keeps me busy. Yeah, well, and and. and- and um, and you clearly that's part of what you love, right? And I'm just thinking, um, and I think you may have answered at the tail end there. The question I I was gonna um, pepper you with is, you know, what what do you find, or I guess what's most challenging about you know being in your role and and really you know being the champion of of sustainability in a in a global brand? 
I think the most challenging thing is the pace at which it takes to for things to change. You know, we're working on you know end of 2016, 2017 pro, you know um, season product delivering out then. So if if initiatives they could be the greatest ideas and concepts, and if it's in regards to your product though, whether it's a material or a new supplier or a vendor or some sort of certification that you've got an idea on now and you're you're in talks with, you're not going to see it you know until 2017, maybe later, and and it just every it just moves so slow, and you have to be okay with that. Mm. And I've, I've I you know and I've had to come to terms with it. it it's just because it's a good idea doesn't mean it's gonna it's gonna work. And you're dealing with existing vendors that you've had relationships with for 10, 12, 15 years, right. and so you're working with them to try to change their business behaviors, um, trying to influence them. Meanwhile, kind of keeping things you know warm on the side that could be options in the future. And realizing that, meanwhile, seasons and design lines and presentations are just sort of passing underneath you like a flowing river. So um, you've got to be okay and patient and just say, you know what, it's, this is a long-term endeavor. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I can't, I'm not going to say, okay, by the end of the year, we're done. We nailed it. And huge press release. It's just, it is an ongoing battle. And if it's not one thing, it's another. And we're looking at emissions and land use and waste and water. And you, so you're just... It's complex, and you're juggling a lot of things. I think you have to be okay with just sort of settling in, buckling up, and going along for the ride, and kind of being okay with there's, there's going to be some things that are going to pass you up or drop off, and you just kind of pick them back up and keep on going. So that is that been that must have been a growth area for you just to, to exercise and and really understand how pay, you know patience required. Like for someone who likes to change so, also, and, the, and and all those sorts of things, like was that is that challenge is that tough personally? Like, I mean, because you know, I, I was going to say I think it, it was it's different because I came from within the brand, and so I already understood how how hard it was to um, you know stick to the calendar. So many moving parts. You've got all these different product categories. I mean, we're dealing with footwear, accessories, technical outerwear, swim, men's, girls, boys, jeans, tops, you name it, right? So I already knew that our, our, our product range and our supply chain was super complex. And so once I started um, becoming familiar with sustainability or understanding the concept of it, I knew from the beginning that it was not going to be just a turnkey solution or an easy, there was no silver bullet for it. So I, I don't know if I really had to struggle with it, but I, what I do see though is when I talk to young people, students, or people just coming into the into the business, and they're really excited, and I do have to remind them, it's like, and then you walk them around and you introduce them to to the the process here and all the different teams and departments, and I think they slowly start to get it, and they go, oh, I, I get why it can be so difficult and why it can take so much time. So, well, I guess I was used to it. I sort yeah. of born into it. No, no, that's that makes a lot of sense. But and then anything you know that is as important as this takes time and I just I think there's a bit I think there's a really I mean there's a good lesson in there for anyone uh jumping into whatever the endeavor is with all the passion and piss and vinegar um and sometimes it's frustrating when it doesn't happen right away but just kind of recognizing that it's a long-term game you're running you're running this marathon and it was very cool did you did you ever ever imagine yourself um you know you were describing you know being in the in a booth and you know with with uh, people that you really admire, you know, talking, you know, chatting away, or even just your title right now, when you, when, you know, when you entered the doors twenty years ago, did you, did you ever picture this happening? No way, no way, and it's, you know, I think that was also a a, a game changer for me is realizing that 
I think when I first started and I was so career hungry, you know, and I think so many young people are, you're just, you're focused on your career, your career path, advancing, excelling. And I don't think I realized until later that it's okay to connect your values and things you care about and are passionate about with your career. And I think I was lucky that it all came together for me. And that's one thing I would pass on always to people. Like, you know what? When you're starting out, keep those things together because you might, it'll allow you to end up somewhere where you are. But I, I had no idea what I was going to do. I was an art major who then went back for an MBA. He landed, you know, doing merchandising and apparel and found sustainability. You know, so I've been on this wild kind of goose path, you know, a goose chase of a career path. But, um, I love it. I love it now, and I'm, this is, you know, this is what I'm committed to. So, yeah, that's. Uh, I think it's great. Now, I, I'm going to uh, tell you a little bit about a project that we're working on. It's called uh, the Millennial Dream, and we're just talking about how the American dream has shifted uh, it, its uh, its definition of of wealth, essentially, to the point where, <clears throat> you know, today most of us are not going to uh, sacrifice our values for a career, but. In the last century, in the in the 20th century, it's almost like we did, you know. Like it feels like yeah. there's something different. Like what you just said there about, you know, jumping into a career uh, that's tightly uh, aligned with your values, that's almost a given now. You know, it's almost like if your company isn't uh, allowing your employees to, uh, you know, be connected with their values, that's you know, you're not you're not gonna have those employees. That, that, you know, so what's what's your take on that? What what's been happening in the last 15 years to get us to a point now where? That's really the name of the game. You know what I think it's been um, I think it's I think it's entrepreneurs, it's people that are willing to to break out on their own. And those some of the biggest influencers in my sustainability career were entrepreneurs that were doing innovative things and they still kind of fit my um, I guess my mold if you if you will for, for what I saw as, as a as someone I thought was that I was um, attracted to. It was like, you know what? I get you. You're a skater. You're a surfer. You're, I, we like the same kind of music. We we, look, we kind of have the same vibe. You know, we're all, we're all connected to, to certain, um, you know, groups of people. And then when I saw these people doing things that were focused on sustainability and focused on caring for the, for the planet and putting planet first, I just, it re- I was amazed that nobody had talked to me about that in the past and that I didn't learn about it in school and that nobody had brought it up, um, you know, in the workplace. So it was these outsiders and these kind of um, free spirits who were just committed to it from the get-go and building their business around it. So I think that's um, that's a huge thing. So if young professionals can get out there and stick to it, have a huge influence, you know, in the marketplace. Who, who are Derek? Who are some examples of um, you know that we might recognize as like inspirational leaders in the space that you know for you. There were two that really uh, kind of kicked off my, um, you know, my passion. It was uh, Frank Skura. He had this organization called the Action Sports Environmental Coalition, right, for a while. And he was kind of building out these green rooms and really challenging the action sports space to take, to have a look at the impacts that their products had and really chase after them. And he was able to get all the brands together for Summit, but he was so committed to it. And I really, um, you know, he was somebody who really challenged me to, to stay committed and Isaac Nicholson, um, he had he worked for uh, Livity uh, International. That was his brand. He had a few other brands, and he he always had innovative um, materials. And so he was designing fabrics, and, and so he would come to us and say, "Hey, I've got these great, you know, fabrics made of hemp or a hemp recycled PET blend." And uh, 
just going, whoa, this is, and, you know, this was eight, you know, nine years ago or whatever it was, just going, jeez, what, what is this? This is awesome. So, and then, and then one of our designers here, uh, Neil Harrison and, and Ethan Anderson here within the company were also people who were really, uh, there were a few here who really, you know, pushed me along and inspired me and just were, um, they were also really concerned and passionate about it. So those are kind of always the, the four that I look to who kind of, um, who helped me you know, stay bold with my commitment. Again. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And it, it also feels like you need those mentors to bring you into uh, into the community. Uh, and that's a good leading uh, question to my my final one is, your brand has been incredibly successful in uh, building community. And uh, what, what would be one or two final tips for any other entrepreneur listening to this company to, to building a great community? And I know you guys lean real heavy on film and video and uh, and events and uh, all this sort of thing but what's the what's the best tip for building community from a brand's uh, point of view gosh well i think i mean you know keeping in perspective that i'm the sustainability guy not necessarily the marketing guy but i mean i i do get to do a lot of marketing on behalf of our sustainability stories and that's been really i think important to the program because we've done some film work we've been working with a uh, an artist a filmer named uh, nathan parasini and we did this uh, series called Sustainable by Design, where we would document um, at each of the Volcom um, Pipe Pro events, because there were so many sustainability initiatives going on, we would document them and interview the, the partners that were helping us and the people on the ground and on all the players in the space. But it w- would really resonate, I think, with people, because it's about storytelling, and you want to connect with people through stories. And um, in one of them, we actually, one of our movies reached uh, – a surfer and board shaper and farmer in, in Japan. He's kind of a well-known um, surfer there who wanted to come and volunteer at the next Vulcan Pipe Pro in the sustainability efforts because he was so stoked on the story. So we've been, you know, we've been really focusing on connecting with people and having people learn about the great, the other great people that are doing amazing things, you know, other nonprofits and other, um, just other players in the space and trying to inspire everybody to, to go out and tell their own story, make their own story. So, I think it's about storytelling and make sure you're sharing and being honest and genuine and uh, don't be afraid to, to speak in the first person, you know? I definitely, when I do art storytelling, sometimes I'll speak at it from just my perspective and not necessarily the brand perspective, which mm-hmm. right or wrong, you know, I think there's a, there, it's important to, that, to connect personally. Yeah, that's such a good lesson, eh? Like, I mean, so many, uh, there's, I think there's a lot of people that, uh, that aren't sharing their own stories. That speaking the first person, that's actually that's kind of really resonating with me and, and the value of that. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know it's funny the stories you can tell when when you when you're deeply connected to the story, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, a brand is nothing more than a, uh, a collection of humans, you know. Yeah. So uh, there's an opportunity for us to connect with each other and inspire each other and challenge each other to. Uh, to do things and the more we can push each other along the you know the better the better off we're all going to be well Derek thank you so much for your time with us man it's really inspiring to uh, to, to be able to talk with you and uh, to have uh, been able to meet you very briefly uh, last week uh, Derek what's the best way for people to get in touch with you and then secondarily to really tap into almost the media community community that you guys have uh, put together yeah, right now, I mean, most of our storytelling on the brand is uh, on our New Future blog. Um, we're working on kind of integrating it into, into the Vulcan.com platform, but uh, most of our stories right now are on new future, uh, newfuture.vulcan.com and on our Facebook page at Vulcan News Future. Um, 
And then I am, you know, on, on Twitter and Instagram at Derek A. Sabori. Um, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me or, or just connecting through the blog or the Facebook page there as well. We're always, we're always on that. Fantastic, Derek. Thanks so much, man, for your time. Really, really do appreciate it. I really do hope we can uh, bump into each other again sometime soon. Yeah, you guys, that was great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys uh, profiling us, uh, Volcom and, and, and me. It was uh, it's great, and it's great meeting you, Greg. And Dave, by, by way of uh, telephonic uh, communications, nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I... I got to get out west and visit the <laughs> see this all in action. Anytime. All right. I might take in you fact, up on I that. Thought, <laughs> and I thought Greg was going to fly me out there to, to come see you guys. So I was ready to go surfing. I just bought a dry suit. Oh, man. Well, did, 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 did you, you bring your happen? five mil? You, you, you need your five seven. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You, that's a little bit crazy out there, guys. It is a little Good bit. Good on you. A little bit. Well, Derek, Good thanks, on you, thanks again, brother. Have a fantastic one and, uh, and keep doing some amazing things. Take care. See you later. Right on, guys. Thanks so much. You too. Bye. So for my takeaway, I would say, you know, the, the cool thing is he's been with his organization almost since the beginning as an intern, you know, and growing with a company with a great open culture and, you know, finding his passion in sustainability through mentorship, through people that he looked up to and him really leading the charge into bringing a sustainability culture and system into a massive lifestyle brand. Like, Volcom is, is huge. Um, and, uh, you know, just the last couple of days going through their website, their their films are amazing. Really? You know, I'm a big surf film yeah. guy, you know, and just check it out. It's it, their company doing amazing things. Really? That, yeah. Yeah, you know, I that's the, that was the, um, I guess the narrative that I found really, like, I just found so interesting that a guy... You know, a really bright guy, you know, finds a place where he can, you know, in in, in, or, in an organization that's actually being, um, you know, uh, financially successful and viable and profitable from, from all accounts, from what I could tell just by, well, from what you've told me, but, you know, also the little bit of research we did. Um, and, and find a place for himself within this where he can actually grow and develop this kind of idea of being an entrepreneur. I was just going to say the same thing. I, I, I yeah. just, and like, and I would, and actually, you know, if you think about the, the people that, you know, you've, you've attracted and the young team you had, and I look back over the last, whatever it is, 10 years, you know, you see now, I'm not, you know, they're, they're looking a little older now, but they're still, con- you know, it's just really, they so all have facial th- hair. That, that all, they're not, and that's so neat to hear that because, because I think the cynic says, well, once you become as an organization, you know, uh, successful and profitable and, and, you know, you're, you're traded on the NASDAQ and, you know, things change, but you know, it doesn't have to. Right. Yeah. And so I, I just, I like hearing that. So I kind of, there was that whole piece that I was, I was curious about and, you know, when, when I go surfing with you guys, cause I'm sure I will, or when we all go to a hockey game together, we can, we can actually have, or a, or a dead concert, yeah. um, in Chicago in July 3rd, 4th and 5th. Um, we can, uh, I would love to learn more about that because I think, you know, that's kind of some of the work that, that we've been doing a lot of, uh, on the, you know, is helping support leaders and employees through change and saying it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It actually well, can exactly. be really freaking cool. And, and you're in the right, right time in life too, because all these, so many of these big companies are now actually authentically embodying, embodying this, you know, sustainability movement. And, uh, that's massive change, but it's change that most people are ready for and begging for, yeah, you know? Yeah. So thanks, uh, Dave. Thank, uh, you, thank you for, you know, yet again, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, if not that we would ever do this, keep count, but um, 
I'm like way behind in terms of guests in the last uh, few months here. Um, another great guest via Mr. Greg Hemmings. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Dave. I'll see you next week. Next week, man. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.